So I'm going to talk about um, being cultivators and keeping, or people who keep a garden. Okay? So I hope what you'll be able to hear is the same thing, but said probably in a different way. And that Adam was given the role to cultivate and keep the Garden of Eden. And then he was given a helper to help cultivate and keep the garden. Okay? All right? So let's just pray. And, uh, Father, I pray that we'll join the dots. I pray that we'll hear the same message with different words but saying the same thing. I thank you that you're building us as your church and you're building us in your power, through your word, through your spirit, for the same purpose. And I thank you for this building work, Lord, that's built on the cornerstone and then on a foundation of five giftings and then a servant of other giftings that build the house of God. Thank you that when we hear the word garden, we hear the word house, we hear the word bride, we hear the word son, we hear kingdom of God. So I thank you that you're establishing your kingdom in our hearts and our minds. And then you want your kingdom to come through us. You want to cultivate a garden in us. And then you want to help us, help others cultivate their gardens, keep their gardens, and then see gardens established in the hearts and the minds of us all. So Father, we thank you. Your spirit is here is to teach us, to lead us, and to guide us into this life of absolute freedom. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, one of the things I talk to the guys about, and this is how I want to uh, contextualize this, is I don't need to think, I want you to just think of brothers, sisters, father, okay? Um, I don't want you to think of you being married to your spouse. So when I say brothers, I just want you to think of them as brothers, and I spoke to the men about you're all sisters in Christ. So you are all my sisters. My wife is actually my sister before she's my wife. And we are all children of the same father. So I want you to see that and hear that when we talk about being a helper, it's to help brothers cultivate and keep the Garden of Eden. Okay? And so Adam was first. For whatever reason, God went the male first, the female second. One is not better than the other, and they have different functioning roles, as Mal has probably said, but those roles all align to the same reality of seeing a house established, a garden established called the church. Okay? So we're not independent, we're interdependent. So I know she read out Genesis 1, 26, 28, which is God made us in our image. Um, I think she may have read out 1 Corinthians 11, 11 to 12. just says that the Lord is neither, you're not independent of man, nor man is independent, but we're to be interdependent on one another. Okay. Um, so what, is this, what does this all mean? And I said to the guys, it's like you guys are to be interdependent on one another as well. So not only are we interdependent on one another, male and female, but female to female, Male to male. And I sort of hit it reasonably hard with the guys that, that we've been given a functioning role, as you've just heard, to lead. We have a responsibility. Woman was not yet created when God said to Adam, I want you to cultivate 
and keep the Garden of Eden. Okay, so we looked at, and we'll talk about what is the Garden of Eden. It's broken into two parts. So the Garden of Eden is my heart and my mind. The garden is in me. So I have a garden that's in me. It's called the kingdom of God. Okay? And then secondary, the, the gardens are external environments. My house is a garden. I have sisters living in my house, my physical house. Okay? Right now is another garden. On a Sunday morning, when the kids are here, when we're down there, there's another garden. My workplace can be a garden if I'm allowed to shape the garden because the garden's being formed in me, firstly, and then I'm actually wanting to create a garden for other people to come and eat the fruit from. So this whole Garden of Eden is firstly external, and then it's external, internal, sorry, thank you, internal, then external. Ultimately, the internal one is the one that I can surrender to and say change. I can't change anybody else, but I can create an atmosphere, an environment, a garden that other people can come to and receive from. So when we come here on a Sunday, what garden are people walking into? Because prayer's gone into it. Praise has gone into it. The word's going into it. It's a place of life and freedom, not a place of bondage. So when people walk into the garden, are they experiencing, are they experiencing the plants, the life, the beauty that was in the Garden of Eden? Is that in you? So do you have fruit, life, flowers, color, design, or weeds? Because weeds grow in gardens. And I know that, and I hate gardening. I have a whole back of our property that's just a bit of a land mass here, and the weeds grow through the, the tiles, and I have to regularly get out there and blast them with the weed. to get up on the bank with my safety gear on, and it's really cool because I'm a male. That's what males do. Release a bit of testosterone. It's cool. You feel good. And you look back at your garden. You go, it's been cultivated. It's kept. It looks good. So you've got to be intentional, intentional about keeping your garden. You've got to be intentional about cultivating and keeping a garden. Otherwise, if you're not, the garden gets run over with weeds. If you're not intentional about keeping your garden, what's coming into your heart and your mind, then weeds will be planted. Wrong thinking, wrong mindset will destroy. And all of a sudden, the garden that's supposed to be a garden of life won't have too much life in it. Weeds are very destructive. Let me read to you what weeds are. This off the internet. Weeds are one of the major threats to the natural environment. They are destroying native habitats, threatening native plants and animals, and choking our natural systems, including rivers and forests. Directly or indirectly, this is in Australia, all Australians are affected by weeds. Weeds reduce farm and forest productivity, invade crops, smother pastures, and some can harm livestock. They aggressively compete for water, nutrients, and sunlight, resulting in reduced crop, they yield, reduced crop yield and poor crop quality. 
So, I talk to the guys about being men who cultivate and keep their garden. And then we've been given helpers to help cultivate and keep gardens. Help one another as brothers and sisters of the Lord. So I want to open your Bibles if you've got them. Just come and have a look at um, 1 Peter 2 verse 4 and 5. And we are to support one another in keeping and cultivating our gardens. So whether you're married or not, once again, just put that to the side. Your role is to help me keep my garden. Your role is to help me cultivate my garden because I'm your brother. My role is to help you keep your garden and cultivate your garden. And one of the roles I've been given is actually to lead and to love and to help you guys and together we do it together. We do it as a family because we're a house. We're living stones. And living stones are all being built to a house called the spiritual house of the Lord. So if we're not helping one another cultivate and keep our gardens, and if there's weeds growing in all of our gardens, we're probably not going to be the house that the Bible says we're called to be. Which means we won't have the life of the garden. We won't have the vibrancy, the color, the beauty of the garden. It'll be dull, boring, lackluster, apathetic. And we'll go, look and come and meet from our garden. Everyone go, your garden don't look too flesh. And so God gives us to one another to help create a glass house. A glass house that's full of life, a garden of Eden, a kingdom people. It says 1 Peter 2 verse 4 and 5, And coming to him as to a living stone which has been rejected by men, this is Jesus, but is choice and precious in the sight of God, you, we also as living stones are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So he's building us as a garden. So do you cultivate and keep your garden? And this is what I said to the guys. And I said, guys, we've been given a leadership role. If we're not keeping our own gardens, we're not going to help our sisters keep their gardens. You don't know how to keep a garden if you don't know how to keep a garden. If you know nothing about gardening, how are you going to help someone else garden? You're probably going to rip out the wrong plants. What were they? They were the roses. Oh, gee, I thought they were the weeds. I have pretty much no knowledge in gardening. But I do know weeds are destructive. And I do know weeds need to be dealt with. And if they're not dealt with at the root, they grow back. And so I've been given a role as a male, as a man, to help you guys. Will you let me help you? That's our challenge, isn't it? Once again, just think of brothers and sisters. Okay? Because all those brothers down there have been given a role to help you cultivate and keep your garden. And I shared with the men, and I said this, I said, if we can seriously get this and think of you as sisters, if the church can ultimately think of you as sisters, then if I had a physical sister, I would have my best interest at heart for you. I would not want to harm you. I would not want to defile you. I would not want to 
come on to you. I would not want to do anything. Why? Because you're my sister in Christ. I would not do that to my physical sister. Why would I do it to spiritual sisters? I have the best interest because I love spiritual sisters like Christ loves me. So I want to see my sisters grow and develop and cultivate and keep their own garden and see other gardens being cultivated and kept by them. And they can help. Now, if we are married or we're thinking about getting married, you are first the seeker first of the kingdom and his righteousness. So when two people come together, their interest is in cultivating, keeping their own garden and helping one another keep their garden. And then they bring a house together and they keep that garden. And then that family grows up in that garden. That's a powerful family who are then going into workplaces and into schools and other areas, sports clubs, and actually releasing the life that's in that garden. It's powerful, isn't it? So the main point I said to the guys is that they are to be a cultivator and keeper of kingdom culture, climate, and character. That our role, my role as a man, as a male, is to be a cultivator and keeper of kingdom culture, climate, and character. And then I want to help every other person have that garden. I shared with Luke yesterday, he was asking me, how do I plan my week? And I said, I plan it every week. My weeks are planned. I plan free time. I plan when I will let people meet with me and when they won't. So I have non-negotiables. I'm a cultivator and a keeper of my garden, so I am intentional and I purposely and intentionally plan my week and I will not surrender my plan, but I'm flexible with my plan. So I said to the guys, I said, you will not get an appointment with me between 9 o'clock and 12 o'clock on a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, so don't ask. Because I am cultivating and I'm keeping my garden with the Father. So that's a non-negotiable for me. Now here's the thing. If you're a special person, no, just kidding. I'm flexible because I create my own plan. Okay, So I'm very flexible, but I go, no, that's down. I then go, if you want to see me, you can see me between 12 and 5 on a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You want to see me? So... I'm going to be intentional because I'm cultivating and keeping my garden. And I need to be able to do that to be able to have a healthy garden, which you can receive from. So I'll even plan on a Monday. I plan. I'm doing this and this. I'm not, I'm not giving up that. So I'm intentional about everything I do. Some people say that's not very spiritual. That is real spiritual. It's dumb if you don't. Because what happens? Because weeds come in and all of a sudden now your garden's overrun. And you run around like a headless chicken trying to get the things going, and nothing happens. And you just wasted a week, and your garden doesn't look like the garden it's supposed to. So we've got to be very intentional about being a cultivator and a keeper of our garden. Who loves gardening here? So if I came around to your house, what would your garden look like, Cheryl? Not great at the front at the moment, so we've been lacking a little bit in the cultivating and the keeping. But the back would look awesome. So it's a probably. <laughs> not on a, so it's a work in progress. It's good. Okay? But you see, if, if places that are left, you know, people go away or whatever, the grass grows, it's just bedlam, isn't it? And so it's the same in the spirit. If we're not cultivating and keeping, 
And as a male, we've been given the main responsibility to help our sisters live that life out. Genesis 2, 15-17 is the scripture for that. Then the Lord God took the man, put him in the Garden of Eden to cultivate it, and kept it. The Lord commanded the man, saying, From any tree of the garden you may eat freely, but from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat from it, you will surely die. See, part of being a cultivator and a keeper is to make sure people don't eat from the wrong tree. We've eaten from it, but you can continue to eat from it. There's two trees in the garden. Who's the tree of life? The bread of life, the word of life. So what tree are you going to eat from? Because you can continue to eat from the tree of good and evil. It's actually not good and evil, it's dead. It has no life, but it was in the garden. And God said, don't eat from that tree. Eat from all those trees, but not that tree. So someone who's a cultivator and a keeper will help other people to not eat from the wrong tree. Will you let me? And will you be that for me? See, if I'm going to be your leader and you're going to be my helper, will you let me identify in your life if I know that you're eating from the wrong tree? Or are you going to get offended? And am I going to get offended if you come to me and say, you're eating from the wrong tree and you're my helper, but I reject the helper because I don't agree with the helper. But God has put her here to help me. So if she's for me and I'm for her, then certainly I'd want to receive from the helper. It's not my enemy. She's my helper. Greg, she's your helper. What for? To help cultivate your garden and other gardens. See why we have to be teachable? And so if we're going to come under the role that this male has been given, there has to be submission, doesn't there? Oh, yeah, but I quite like actually being maybe the main cultivator and the keeper of the garden because my man isn't. He doesn't. I really challenge the guys. I said, if you won't, they will, and they're not designed for it as a first-place function. They will do it, and they can do it, but it'll be a mutated version of what it's supposed to be. And if they get a taste of it, you won't get it back. Because who else is going to do it? Because you're not standing up, so I've got to stand up. And I've got to be trying and flowing this thing that I'm not really fully, fully created to be in, but I can do it. So I said to the guys, are you a man or a boy? I said, men take responsibility, boys don't. Men will own their stuff. Boys don't. We've been created male. But you can run around as a male and be a boy or be a man and start cultivating and keeping your own garden and then helping our sisters keep theirs. So if you are married and your husband isn't a cultivator and a keeper, pray for him. Don't nag him. Pray for him. And believe for him. I'll bash him. <laughs> so I've talked about the garden being internal 
and external. Um, the male firstly is responsible for cultivating and keeping their own garden, which we talked about. Um, Proverbs 4.23, watch over your own heart with all diligence, for from it flows the springs of life. So once again, this is this cultivating and keeping of our hearts are receiving stuff. The Bible says that the eyes are a window to the soul. What you let in will start to grow. Okay, Our soul is our mind. The battlefield is of the mind. The enemy knows this. That's why he said, look at that tree. Danny's message about entanglement, look at that tree. Got your eyes off that tree and look at that tree. Ooh, what's that? Well, that means you'll know like God. Ooh, that's all. And all of a sudden, what the eyes take in starts to go around in the mind. Well, now your garden is starting to get full of weeds. And the entanglement, and the weeds grow, don't they? And they grab the good plants and start to strangle them. Okay? So we talked about that and how we have to guard what we let into our hearts because our heart, the kingdom of God, is in you. And we need to be intentional. Jesus says to his disciples, are your hearts still hard? He said, I was never about feeding 15,000 people, guys. And they're like, what? They said, that was an awesome miracle, but it was never about that. I did that so they would know who the bread of life was. And he came to them and said, why are you asking me about bread when the Pharisees, he says, oh, he talks about the, bre- uh, the leaven and he tangles it with Pharisees. They think he's talking about bread. He said, I'm not talking about bread. I'm talking about the teaching of the Pharisees. And he looks at them and he says, are your hearts still hard? Have you not gained any insight? Sight from within. See, if your heart is hard, you can't see in the Spirit. You won't hear in the Spirit. So you don't understand in the Spirit. Jesus said, you don't understand because you can't hear because you've got a hard heart. If you're not cultivating and keeping your garden, ladies, your heart will be hard. And you won't hear the word of the Lord. And that's why sometimes, as men, we have to come as males and help and lead and guide and in love maybe say things. Do you know how sticky we have to get? As brothers and sisters, sometimes it gets real sticky. But you know it's in the life of the entanglement that life comes. It's like when you're going to choose, am I going to go that way or that way? Am I going to be offended by that or am I going to receive that in love? Now once again, I'm speaking from a reality. If I come as a, as a, as a male, as a man, if I come and you know I'm for you and I know I'm in love, you may even have to forgive sometimes the words because in my own growth the words might not be the greatest words. But you know I'm for you and I know I'm coming in love to help, to receive, because I may see something that's got you entangled. And it will more than likely hurt because you probably won't think it's you. And vice versa. Hence we've got to be teachable. So we have to be this for one another. Okay, That's the role. You can't be independent. That's what it's saying. A male is not independent, he's interdependent. God has put the two to be one. I love what Mel, we talk, me and Mel were talking about, and I'd never seen it. That, although I knew it, I'd never seen it. You know, like, it's, it's Adam, and he reaches in and takes out, obviously, the rib to make Eve, and then God says, right now the two go back and be one. It's this beautiful dynamic of fellowship. 
meaning union with God, not let's have a cup of tea. Fellowship is not that. Fellowship is I pray that they would be one as we are one. 1 John 1, that they would have fellowship with us. So he's saying, do you want to have fellowship with us? My Father and me and the Spirit. So I give you male and female that you would build a spiritual house called my body so you could be one with me. So secondly, the male is responsible for encouraging and urges others to cultivate and keep their own gardens of Eden. Okay. So firstly, I've got to keep my own garden. If I'm not keeping my own garden, I shouldn't even be coming to talk to you about your garden. Okay. So I've got to keep my garden, then help others. So as brothers, we've got to help brothers keep their gardens. And then brothers to sisters, sisters to sisters, sisters to brothers. Okay. Um, 1 Thessalonians 5.11 Therefore encourage one another and build up one another, just as you are also doing. Hebrews 3.13-15 But encourage one another day after day, as long as it is still called today, so that none of you will be by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold fast the beginning of our assurance, firm until the end, while it is said today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as when they provoke me. And he's talking about the Israelites because they hardened their hearts, they didn't hear, and they never entered into the promised land. So part of cultivating and keeping your garden is that you're going to have the promised land, the promised garden developed in your heart. Does that make sense? The promised land is not a physical land. The promised land is your inner world. And in this promised land, it's no longer cities and cisterns and vines. It's called love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. So that's the promised land. So don't harden your hearts. Otherwise, the promised land will never be grown and developed because the garden's not being cultivated and kept. There may be some weeds that need to be rooted out. Will you let your garden be cultivated? <laughs> it's a challenge, isn't it? Because mindsets that aren't of kingdom are anti-Christ. I'm not saying you're the anti-Christ. I'm saying they are anti-Christ. They're anti-him. They're anti-his ways. They are weeds that have grown in the garden that need to be ripped out at the root. Peter had an anti-Christ weed. When he said, you're not going to die, and he rebuked Jesus. So it's Jesus turned around, who had a flourishing garden, and said, you set your mind on the interests of man, not on the interests of God. So you've got a weed because you haven't cultivated your garden, and you haven't kept your garden. And we've got an adversary that's going to throw weeds at you. And he's passionate about seeing your garden full of weeds. He's on a mission to put weeds, weeds, weeds in your head and in your heart so your garden will never flourish, so the kingdom will never be developed in you, so you will never experience the promised land to a measure that you've been promised. For Jesus said, I give you my joy and no one will take it from you and the joy will be full. So we have to make sure and we've been given the role by God to help one another cultivate and keep our gardens and then create external gardens like homes, like gatherings today, like right now, like in the cafe, like in workplaces. 
See, it's not just about us. It's about being a cultivator of the kingdom in this earth and seeing it come through you, that people can actually eat the fruit of your garden. Where do you get your fruit? I remember Jeremy saying that to me. Where are you getting your water from? Where's your well, man? I said, let's walk. And let's drink together. But you've got to be intentional. It doesn't just happen. You leave your garden, weeds form. Grass grows. People that are just passive in their faith get overcome by the world. Active people are overcomers. Passive people are overcome. Does that make sense? It's very clear. And so, what's your inner garden like? And those men downstairs have been given to you by God to help cultivate and keep your garden. As sisters, firstly. Then maybe as husbands, but as sisters. So, let other brothers help cultivate and keep your garden. If you are married, don't let that brother trump your husband, but receive from a brother. And I said to them, receive from a sister, because we've been given by God for one another to build the house, to build the most elaborate garden of Eden, and God has taken the church back to the reality that was. It's what he's doing. That's what the new heaven and the new earth are going to be, perfection. So we've got an opportunity now to live it out now because all things are possible it's all things to have be perfect like my heavenly father's perfect be mature now so let your garden be cultivated let it be kept and be intentional the third point i spoke to the men was that we're to create our own garden of Eden, which we've just talked about that we provide the opportunity and you know gave them a couple of examples and one was in our home, Sundays are non-negotiable. So we, in cultivating and keeping our garden, is that if birthday parties, sports team, that stuff, sorry kids, we're cultivating and keeping our garden. We explain why. Now because we cultivate and keep our garden, we can change the rules if we want to now and again. So I remember a specific time, I think it might have been a birthday party or, or a sports game or something. It was like a final or something that Maddie was involved in. I can't remember. I don't know if it was a birthday. I remember we changed our rule for the circumstance. But it's a one-off. So we've made a pact and said we're intentional about our garden and keeping it. We're not going to sabotage our own garden. You know, It's like these are the non-negotiables. I will be in discipleship because that is intentional about cultivating and keeping my garden. It's non-negotiable. It's not up for discussion. It's not optional. These are the things that we, Danny and I, put in place to keep and cultivate now an external reality. We teach the kids. When I go to Cambodia, we talk through that reality. Lily doesn't like me going. We talk through. We do things either before or when they come back to help cultivate and keep the garden. We involve them in it because they are part of it. Otherwise, they can get resentful and don't want a bar of it. And that would be anti-Christ, wouldn't it? Now, I can't make them, though, want to keep their own garden. I can cultivate it. I can create an environment. I can create an atmosphere 
atmosphere for it. That's the same here. Right now we're doing it right now. I'm doing it right now with you guys. Okay, there's an atmosphere, there's an environment of cultivating and keeping, but what I can't do is I can't put it in you. But I can help that you'll, or hope, sorry, that you'll go, yes, I want to be a cultivator and a keeper too. And so now we're working together. You help me, I help you, it works. Done in love. Love has to be the motivator behind leading. Love is the motivator behind leading. I would hope that's how everyone would lead, through love, not through control, authority, but through love, because love can create things. And so it's about being a provider. It's a male's role is to provide the opportunity, to create the opportunity for it to be expressed and received by others. The question I asked was, do these external places have growing within them the culture, climate, and characteristics of the kingdom. So does my home have the characteristics, the culture, and the climate of the kingdom of God? When you walk into my physical home, do you sense him? Are Danny and I generous people? Is it like, do you get half a biscuit, one biscuit, and meat is what you want, biscuits? Come around to our house, it's bring your own food and your plates. It was a funny story. When, when we came to, England, uh, to New Zealand, um, we got invited to a, a meal at someone's house and it was bring your own plate. And my dad said, hey, Lil, I think these people aren't that well off. He said, we've got to bring our own plate. So we literally turned up with plates, <laughs> not knowing or understanding New Zealand culture, you know. But that's what it can be like. People turn up and it's, there's nothing on it. There's nothing here. So that's what Danny and I's role is, is to help one another create a culture, a climate, kingdom character. And then if people come into my home, they don't stay at the door. They enter through the door and into life of the simnel of the kingdom culture that hopefully we are seeing established. So it doesn't matter who you are, whether you're trying to sell us insurance or the Mormons or the church, you'd experience a garden of life. Um, fourthly, as males who cultivate and keep the garden, we are to ensure that others eat from the tree of life, not the tree of good and evil. Um, Galatians 5.1 says, It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore keep standing firm and do not be subject again to the yoke of slavery. See, the Galatians started well, but then they went back under the law. They went back under the tree of good and evil under the flesh. And so part of our role as a man, as a male, who's leading, who's loving, is to help people not eat from the tree of good and evil, like I've said. Identify that mindset, that's a flesh. I don't know where it came from. Maybe someone else taught it. Maybe you just believed it. Maybe it was wrong teaching. But that's not kingdom mindset. Can I encourage you to seek him on it? I position that before you. I don't just come and tell you. I position it before you and say, maybe you want to think about that. And look, we're all guilty of that. We're all guilty of having wrong mindsets and still have, me included, because we're on a journey of having the right mindset. Now, we have the mind of Christ. We have the potential to have completely the mind of Christ, but a mind that still is in process, yes, 
So the only mind you actually really have of Christ is the revelation that you've had. So we're all on a work of having this done. So my thinking doesn't destroy me and get in the way of my life, especially for one another. Because that's what can happen. It says, the Bible says, make sure you don't devour yourself with your freedom. And so the purpose is oneness, isn't it? So my, the purpose of my heart is to see the church be one. Well, at the moment, there could be a division. They're saying with a brother or a sister or with a group of people. And so you've got to be a bond servant. You've got to be who's a peacemaker, not a peacekeeper. Too many of them. PC, Christianity. It's a peacemaker. Peacemakers go where there aren't peace to bring the two together. What for? For oneness. But how many people know that's a volatile position to step into? When the United Nations go to Syria and Afghanistan, they step into a volatile, very dangerous, very explosive environment. Well, that can be the church. Because you want the church, you want both sides to be one. One of mind, one of spirit, one of love, one of purpose. And that's what God's doing. But if you're not cultivating and keeping your garden, it won't be a reality. Okay? Um, I love what he says to Timothy. Guard what has been entrusted to you. Am I guarding what he's entrusted to me as a male? And I really challenged the guys. I said, are we just casual? Oh, well, I don't know. I don't live for me. i got all this before me that I want to do. And I said, yeah, but you weren't called for that. Firstly, you were called for this. You were called to live for him, to know him, love him, and then live to see his will. And then we've got a whole lot of sisters downstairs that have been called for the same thing. Because we did not choose one another. He chose us, and that what qualifies us as his family which means that he's chosen us for a work that he's already prepared for us to accomplish, Ephesians 2, that we need to all surrender to, and it's called cultivating and keeping your garden, and in helping other people. It's called walking in discipleship. It's called transformation. It's called having renewing your mind. It's being made perfect. Why? Because there is a marriage covenant on offer for you and I, the promise of oneness with him. So we have to guard what we've been entrusted. Listen to this. Avoiding worldly and empty chatter and the opposing arguments of what is falsely called knowledge, which some have professed and thus gone astray from the faith. Fifthly, last thing as males, we are to cultivate and keep the garden. We are to ensure there are no weeds starting to grow, which we've touched on but I just last scripture just come with me to Mark 4 I want to show you this is so powerful because this is how intentional our adversary is at trying to get weeds growing in your garden sorry it's Matthew 4 not Mark that one other one didn't it? so Matthew 4 verses 5 then the devil took him this is Jesus, into the holy city and had him stand on a pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, okay? for it is written. So this is biblical, it's written. He will command his angels concerning you and on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. 
Jesus said to him, On the other hand, it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. What's happening here? The enemy's smart. The enemy presents a one-sided case, but he doesn't bring the other. And he knew it. He knew the other scripture that Jesus put, he doesn't bring it. So he plants in your head the truth, but it's not the whole truth. You see, you need the other half of the truth for the whole truth. So he's smart, man. I'm going to plant a weed and I'm going to use the truth to do it. But what I'm not going to teach you is the other half, which is what you need to be whole and be complete. So you take this one truth and now you've got the truth and you start walking with it. You just received the weed that's killing your garden. See why we need one another? Because someone else goes, you know what? That's not the whole truth. That's half a truth. It's a truth on its own, but it's not the full truth. So if you believed that and ate that and took it in, you just committed suicide. You've got a weed that's going to grab you and choke you now. So will you be my helper? I promise I'll lead you to the best that I can in Christ. I promise I'll be a man who surrenders to Christ. A brother who will seek and cultivate his own garden and keep it for the purpose of life, but also being able to bring life and help create and shape environments of life that my other brothers can receive and my sisters can in Christ. Amen. And that's part of my role is to protect, to provide, to love, and to lead. And it's ultimately for the body of Christ. Whether I'm married or not, irrelevant. And if I add a wife and some children, if, I, if that's where I go, then yeah, there are some other things I have to think about, but the same characteristics are being fed into those people because those people ultimately are my sisters. So we need to see it through that context and that lens rather than the physical lens which keeps separating us and has just little family silos gathering here but not really the family. So I take care of my own little family, physical, who are hopefully spiritual but not my wider family. So really you have a pocket of groups of people turning up and we're not really maybe the whole that he wants us to be. And so I never come and say hi or I never come over and I've got a word for you, Carol. I don't know who you are but I've got a word for you and I share it in love. And bang, I just help to cultivate and keep her garden. What if I don't step into that? What if she's waiting? What if she's been asking? seeking the Lord for something and I've got the word but I don't do it because I don't see her really as my sister I see her as Carol who I knew from the German hang out and I married her but meaning married her and Dave didn't marry her (laughs) that would be abusing and cultivating and garden but that's how I view because I love her like I love Christ because I'm commanded to love all of you whether you're male or female with the love of the Father. So I lay my life down for you to see my own garden cultivated and yours. Amen.